Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, this is your host, hopefully one of your favorite deplorable brothers, David J. Harris Jr. And I have an amazing show for you all today. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me as I break down the truth, the news that's not drenched in liberal bias. It's unadulterated, it's raw, it's real, and it's more important than ever that we all get the truth. Today's broadcast is brought to you by my good friend Mike Lindell's company, My Pillow. Friends, if you need to sleep well, if you want to feel good while you're sleeping, you've got to try Mike Lindell's pillows or his sheets or his mattress topper. I have all of those. My wife absolutely loves his sheets, as do I. There's nothing I love more than actually feeling comfortable, just that you feel so good and cool while you're sleeping. His new Giza sheets are absolutely amazing. Use the promo code David, that's my name, David, when you make your order at MyPillow.com and you can save up to 60%. Yes, Mike Lindell gave a special promo code for me, for you, my audience. So you can save up to 60%, need new pillows, need sheets, want to give your mattress a makeover, get that pillow topper, that mattress topper, just use the code David and you'll save up to 60%. So let's get into my show today. Today, friends, I have the privilege and honor of having a good friend of mine on with me today. He is Pastor Rob McCoy from Thousand Oaks, his church, Godspeak Calvary Chapel, has been under much scrutiny as he has absolutely defied the tyrannical laws, the orders rather, put down by Governor Gavin Newsom that basically say churches are non-essential. He's been a much topic of debate. He's kept his churches open, his church open. They practice social distancing even while taking communion. They made sure that everybody stayed six feet apart, but that does not, that doesn't matter if you're in California. Gavin Newsom says churches are non-essential here to speak about what Rob is currently going through, literally under attack, friends. Here's my good friend, Rob McCoy. My brother, how are you doing today? I'm I'm happy as a pig in mud. (laughs) Well, mud you are in, my brother, being in California, these, uh, these mandates that Gavin Newsom has put down, and then at the county level for these county officials to literally be targeting you. It's it's insane what's going on. I just want to say first and foremost, though, thank you so much for standing up for our God-given rights and for choosing to hold church, give an opportunity for people to attend church, practice social distancing, but still be able to get uh, get to worship, get to gather together and get to hear God's word from you. So thank you, brother. Uh, well, my pleasure. Uh, although I, I do have to share with you, we're not doing social distancing. You're not. Have you ever? Have, I see the pictures that I saw for taking communion. You were doing social distancing. So it's yeah. all out the window for you. Had you practiced social distancing in your church back in uh, April uh, yeah, when well, you yeah. initially said we're not going to we're, we're not going to go go by these tyrannical orders? Yeah, let me walk you through the timeline. We 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 practiced uh, the social distancing on Palm Sunday, which was the Holy Week when we were told to shut down for Easter and Palm Sunday. And two sacraments in the Protestant faith are are well, one of two is communion, and Palm Sunday was the first Sunday of the month. We always take communion together, 
And the governor declared that churches were non-essential. So they wouldn't even allow us to practice social distancing that they would permit for cannabis distributors and liquor stores and bicycle repair shops and realtors. They just said the church is non-essential. We moved forward on Palm Sunday to do communion service and followed CDC standards. Our sanctuary holds 400 people and we had 10 seats. And the press came out, you know, to to film us because everyone felt as though we were we were endangering the entirety of the community. Yet, what we were doing far exceeded any other essential organization in in the county, and the press covered it properly. So we maintained that and and practiced live stream. But then we reopened the church on Pentecost Sunday. I think it was the May thirty first. And we've been open ever since, with the exception of one moment where we had allowed, the, the governor said that you were allowed to have 100 people or 25%, which, whichever was less. So we did four services with 100 people. We had to you know, have wow. people sign up. It was insane. And then what changed everything is that when the governor embraced the rioting in Los Angeles and San Francisco and other parts of the state and promoted it and supported it and endorsed it as we watched our businesses being burned and looted, we just realized enough is enough and we called it quits. We've been open ever since. In a county of uh, 851,000 people, we've had 77 deaths. 70 of those 77 have been people over 60. No one under 30 has died. And, and when we, we look at the numbers, uh, that, that represents one one hundredth of one percent death rate over the county. Now, if we take the 77 deaths just with those who've tested positive and, and we've we've done 14 percent of our entire population of the county has been tested. We have about seventy seven hundred or seventy eight hundred positive. So that's not even one percent of the population wow. of those tested positive uh, experienced death from COVID-19. So with those numbers, and those are their own county numbers, we have shuttered our businesses. 65% of our restaurants will never reopen. We've shuttered our schools, traumatized our children. We've devastated our economy. And now they're, oh, and, and in addition, we've released our prisoners, many of them, and now right. we are seeking legal action against our houses of worship. Draconian, unprecedented, and insane. We haven't had one case, not one case of COVID in our church, and we have been wide open. Not one. Not one. Wow. So no social distancing, no masks, no. and you've had not one case, obviously no deaths, but even 77 in the county, with that being one one hundredth of one percent, it doesn't seem like it's anywhere near what anybody should say is necessary for locking down a county, especially then going going after uh, churches with litigation. So you're currently, they're, they're currently trying to, trying to uh, what, bring you to court, sue yeah, they, you, shut your church down permanently. What are they trying to do? They release convicted prisoners and then come after churches. And, and these wow. draconian measures, if you look evil. at them. Yeah, it, it's That's evil. It's unprecedented. You, you quarantine the sick, not the healthy. And the traumatization of our children and the closure of our schools is, I mean, they haven't even looked at the psychological ramifications of what they've done. And we've, we've no. seen a rapid increase in alcohol consumption. We, we've also watched as there's, there's trauma to the children. There's you know, spousal abuse, child abuse. And the reporting agencies, which are the schools and the churches, are closed. 
and and people have foregone necessary you know tests medically and the like because we're trying to keep the hospitals open there's no the hospitals haven't been overrun we're we're fine but yet they're still imposing these draconian measures unprecedented and violating now granted I, I'm not going to contend with the governor on what he considers essential and non-essential. It, many people believe cannabis should be essential and liquor stores and all that. that that's, that's fine. We live in a pluralistic society. But the difference with all those organizations and us is they're not covered by the First Amendment. We are. So mm. yes. this, this, is, this is, I've never seen this in 55 years on this earth. This is, this, historically, it's never happened in America, ever. It is unprecedented, and it seems to me more more evident than ever before that it's a spiritual attack. I mean, I, I see it as an all-out assault on our First Amendment, our God-given rights, but this, especially the way that they are targeting churches. It, it seems like there is an anti-God movement that is taking place through politics, through politicians that are elected officials, and any believers out there that are not in the fight, they're in a pot of boiling water that was lukewarm, and now it's boiling, and they're going to get boiled to death if they don't wake up and do something. Yeah, I, you know, I, there's been some pushback from some of my colleagues in the ministry, and I, I don't, I don't fault them. We're all this is this is unnavigated waters, and and I don't fault them for trying to figure this all out. And they've they've chosen to remain closed and adhere to the governor's orders. But but my question to them when they push back on me with Romans 13, and for for your listeners who don't know Romans 13, it's a passage of scripture where the apostle Paul says that we're to submit to all positions of authority, but it also goes on to say that those those governing authorities are there for our good. And, and when they push back on us, my response to those pastors is, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Romans 13, but we live in a constitutional republic, which changes the players in that passage. The governing authorities in America are found in the first three words of the preamble of the constitution, we the people. And elected yes. officials governed by our consent. And then it goes on to say that they're ministers of justice. They carry the sword. And they're ministers of justice to execute wrath on those who would do evil. That's the Second Amendment. We've been given that to protect these inalienable rights endowed by our creator. Nobody gets in the way of our relationship with God. We submitted willingly as a wife submits to a husband. She doesn't have to. She, she willingly does that according to the scriptures. And I, I know that not everybody, you know, abides by the faith that we hold to, but I'm just describing an illustration. And, well, and I also and, like to add to that, you know, it, it, yeah. while the scripture says, you know, wives submit to your husband, it, it also says husbands, you know, love your wives as Christ yeah. loved the church. Well, Christ yeah. died. So literally, it's challenging us men to yeah. be willing to die for our wives, to ourselves, to to anything else. So, I mean, it's, you know, hey, submit over here, but men, you better be willing to die you know, I think that's a good uh, comparison, a good reality to understand that it's not some old oh, wives be submissive. No, the challenge was pretty great for the man. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the idea is it even begins by saying submitting to one another in the fear of yeah. God. So yeah. we, 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 there, there's that interaction in the role itself. You have a, a, a CEO and a COO, a chief executive officer, chief operating officer. My wife and I take on those roles and, and we raise the kids and the scripture says children uh, obey your parents It'll go well with you. You live long on the earth. It's just the structure of the family unit. Yes. But my point is this. We're willingly submitting to one another. And, yeah. and, and that's what we were doing with the governor because we didn't know the seriousness of the virus early on. But then when we had the empirical data coming in and then we watched unprecedented censorship 
they, they would pull off uh, our live stream. So the governor said you could only do live streaming or outside services with masks. So we start doing live streaming and then the tech oligarchy starts to censor what we're putting forward. Well, that's unprecedented. Those are wait, dangerous wait, waters. Wait. They were taking down your live stream? Yeah, they took down two of our episodes on live stream because we we dared to put a clip of the frontline doctors who were pointing out different approaches and, and opportunities to to have medications for for this virus. And they they pulled us, just took us off the air. Now, were you live streaming to your church? Was it yeah, just we, through Facebook, YouTube? What? Uh, we were doing it through through YouTube. So we had a we we started 127 episodes ago when the lockdown began, and it was simply to reach our our elderly who were in that high risk category, 65 and older, who are in assisted living facilities that were all lonely, and we wanted to reach out to them in the evening. So we started doing live stream, and uh, you know I, I I'm a luddite. I'm not I'm not like you, David. I, I don't know a, a thing about social media. I'm 55 years old, and this is a whole new venture for me. So we started a YouTube channel, and literally we had less than 100 subscribers. We're now over 5,000 subscribers. We've had one video that has had 54,000 hits, which to you wow. that's like uh, whatever, but for me no, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's great for so, church. So you are doing what you can to try to reach the people with a message of hope, life, uh, you know, liberty, justice. I love how much you stand up for the Constitution and actually teach the Constitution in your church. I think so many more people in the in the body of Christ and churches, if they understood the importance of why we have the ability, unless you're in California, to go to church on Sunday, to practice worship. We have those because of our constitution, because of our God-given rights that the constitution stands up for. I think more people would vote. Yeah. Well, if you, if you think about it, this nation conceived in liberty, dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal with our birth certificate that we've been incorporated under for 244 years. It's, it's a constitution that begins that went in the course of human events. So it wasn't just for America. It was for all mankind for all time. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That's a Jeffersonian way of saying any idiot can understand this. We hold these yeah. truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. So rights don't come from, from the government. They come from God. And, yeah. and then that, that Declaration of Independence says that for this purpose, governments were instituted among men for the preservation of those inalienable rights. So we stand upon those. And then we talk about the consent of the governed. And it says it's not only our right, but our duty. If that government infringes on that, we, it's our duty to push back. So yes. li liberty is not a man-made concept. It's a God-ordained concept. And now we have the seven articles of the U.S. Constitution, which is a, a statute that is immovable. And each of these elected officials, they're not, they're not the authority in Romans 13. We are, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union. And then we say to those who govern by our consent, power on loan, you are bound by those seven articles and the 27 amendments, and you violate that. It's our right and our duty to push back. And so they violated not only the first, but also the fourth amendment, and we're pushing back. Now that's gonna come at a cost, and we've counted that cost. There's a strong likelihood we'll lose our church. There's a strong likelihood I'll lose my house. I'm sure we'll get sued and litigated and whatever. But really, what is liberty, what is liberty worth? Because hmm. you, had, you had three to five million Jews who were enslaved in Egypt, and they cried out to God, and God sent Moses. 
And then the 10 plagues and they're delivered and he parts the Red Sea and they, they get into the desert and God provides manna every day. You just think about the logistics of feeding three to five million people every day, water where there wasn't water, their clothes don't wear out, their shoes don't wear out. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, he gets a downloaded moral app, 10 commandments. Yeah. First five is our relationship with God. Second five relationship with each other. He comes down and when he gets down there, Aaron's got a big old rave party going on. The music's bumping. They've got the golden calf. And they're, they're total debauchery. And, and he brings down this moral law and he places it in the center of the community. Well, what transpires after that is they live 40 years together, three to five million people. Here's the greatest miracle of all. Three to five million people living together for 40 years without a police force or a standing mm. army because they had the moral law. Now, the wow. disconnect in the evangelical church is this. We say out of Ephesians 2, you're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should, should boast. Amen. Yeah. But we think that the law is there to show us we can't keep it so that we need to be saved by grace. Tr that's true, but the law has a greater purpose because if you think that salvation by grace is a New Testament idea, go back to Genesis 15, which is also in Romans, where it says Abraham believed God. And it was accredited to him as righteousness. So grace yeah. was in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Then why 430 years later did he give the law? Well, it says in mm -hmm. Galatians 3 that the law, the law is a protector. It's a guardian to, to keep us safe and point us to Christ until faith comes. So, mm -hmm. so he is commanded that the body of Christ contend in the public square to establish these God-given laws these righteous laws to keep people safe until faith comes. At this point, it's a have to, and then it becomes a get to. And, and we have to contend in culture for the preservation of man. And we're going to get pushback. I'm not talking about dominionism. I'm not talking about a theocracy. I'm talking about applying the laws of nature and nature's God in a pluralistic society and contending for those laws. But we've abdicated our responsibility in the public square, and that's how we got to this place. And one last thing. For all those pastors out there that say I'm violating Romans 13, I only have one question. Should, should Rosa Parks have gotten to the back of the bus? Wow. Should Reverend, Mark, uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, should, should he have not marched in Birmingham? And when he was in prison and the pastor sent him a letter saying, you're on the wrong side of history because you're in prison. And his response was, no, you're on the wrong side of prison because you aren't here with me. Or excuse me, you're on the wrong side of history because you're not in prison with me. Yes. And, and, and I, I'm no Rosa Parks. I'm no Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, granted. And what I'm doing now is to prevent us from being at a place like that. You, 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 have, yeah. to, you have to contend early so we don't get to that place of desperation. Well, I'm thankful that you are contending, my brother. You are definitely, your church is definitely uh, under fire. Uh, what is taking place right this second? Actually, I'm gonna, I got a quick word from our sponsor. I'm going to come back and ask you because right now, the county of uh, Ventura has literally, they had a meeting, I believe it was last night, voted three yeah. to two to come after you. I'm going to get to that in just one second. All right, friends, I've got to tell you about who is endorsing and sponsoring this show. Friends, I've got to tell you about a very good friend of mine, Mike Lindell, and his amazing products. Are you kidding me? Not only does this brother have amazing products, but he loves my show. He is one of my first sponsors, my biggest sponsor. He absolutely loves everything that I do, all the truth that I bring. But more importantly, for you, friends, I love his pillow topper. His mattress topper is second to none. We moved recently, and we did not put our mattress topper, our MyPillow mattress topper, on our mattress 
the first night that we moved in. The, the next morning, my wife and I both looked at each other and said, we've got to put our mattress topper on. It is like having a whole new mattress. And I, I got to tell you, to be honest, our mattress was pretty expensive. We got it at a good price, but we already had a very expensive mattress. Our mattress topper from MyPillow, it's a, it's a game changer. We sleep so well, so sound, and so comfortably, and we wake up feeling refreshed. Use the code David at MyPillow.com, and you'll save 30% off his mattress topper, and you'll get two free MyPillow towels. You'll get two of those. No, not his towels. You'll get his pillows. I'm sorry. You'll get two free MyPillows with the purchase of your mattress topper. So whether it's the towels, I love his towels as well. I love his sheets. I didn't think I could love sheets so much, but I absolutely love Mike's sheets. Whether it's the sheets, the towels, or the topper, you'll save up to 60%, depending on what you get, when you use the code David, my name, David, at MyPillow.com. So get there right after the show. Use the code David at MyPillow.com. You'll not only be blessing yourself with amazing products, but you'll also be supporting my show. So literally, just was it last night that yep. the city council members met and voted three to two? What was the vote for? And have you found out any more about what direction they're trying to take in coming after you and your church? Uh, just real quick correction. Wasn't the city council, and you already knew this, but it was the, the Ventura County supervisors. So that would That's be right. like the city council from the county. Yeah. And so the supervisors voted three to two along party lines, even though a supervisory seat is a nonpartisan seat. The two Republicans voted in our favor. The three Democrats, actually two Democrats, one independent, voted in opposition to us. My local supervisor, Linda Parks, is the one that spearheaded this to shut us down. And and the the vote so basically, it, was their vote does it, was their vote about shutting you down? Well, they they wanted to seek legal action uh, against us, so they're they're seeking what I think is what's called a restraining order to to shutter our building and have the county close us. And so they approved funding from the county coffers to come after us with legal action, even though they're releasing convicted prisoners. They're coming after churches with county money to shutter the doors and close us. Wow. Absolutely insane. I, With those numbers that I just listed, that, that that's, yeah. who does that? And, and you've been on their radar for some time. I've got this clip. I think we'll both be in the uh, scene here, but you'll be able to watch that and listen to it. This is literally the, uh, I think it's the County COVID hotline yeah. that is literally saying and naming you in, in case the people in the area were aware of you having church, they wanted to make sure that they knew about it. Here, here's the clip. You have reached the COVID compliance call-in line. If you are calling in reference to the planned activities at Godspeak Calvary Chapel Church today, thank you. We are aware and we are investigating county administration, public health, and the public information officer will address the situation as needed. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, yeah. they literally just have had you on their radar since that was back in May, I believe. They they just they just do not they don't appreciate you not bowing to those draconian measures that have been put in place by the tyrant governor Newsom. They they don't want anybody defying his orders, regardless of the data, that there is no outbreak in your in your county, that there is no real threat in your county. It's it's basically do as your tyrant governor says, or we're going to come after you. Yeah, Governor Mussolini. 
<laughs> yeah, Mussolini is a good fit. You, you know, yesterday when they came out with that closed session vote, it was interesting that that's the day that they chose to do it. We had a thousand tests done in the county, of which three were positive. Three out of a thousand. Wow. The, the numbers have dropped precipitously, and now they're coming out and approving county funds to shutter the church. They've already traumatized our children, shuttered our businesses, devastated our economy, and, and, and letting convicted prisoners go. And now they're using county funds to come after the churches to shutter them. Now, I, I, I'll add this. I'm not just a pastor. I, I, I previously, up until the Saturday before Palm Sunday, I knew that when we were going to violate the governor's orders, and even though he called the church non-essential, and we were going to host that communion service, I was a sitting city council member. I had been elected yeah. by the people of this city, overwhelmingly, might I add, and it was my second term, and I'd been mayor of the city and, and, and mayor pro tem during the terrible, tragic shooting at the borderline where we lost two congregants and 12 of our kids were killed. I wow. officiated the, the memorial services. I participated. And then as the mayor, we went through the healing process and I served this community. I stepped down from that seat. I resigned my seat because I knew that my colleagues would have to endure this, these draconian measures by the governor. They would be forced to censure me. And I knew this wasn't going to stop. And I didn't want to mm -hmm. overwhelm them by being a distraction to the council. So I resigned that seat. I know Linda Park. She's a supervisor. She, she was once a city council member and a mayor of the city in which I was elected to. And, and I, I didn't seek public display of this. I didn't go public. I just wanted to be left alone to worship. They came after us, and now I'm with you. I want everyone across the nation to know what they're doing. Uh, we, they could have yeah. left us alone, but they're not doing that. And the numbers don't defend them. They, they implicate them. No, they don't. And, and we have got to push back. Folks, wake up. Pastors, wake up. This, how far is too far? What's the line you're going to draw? Our children have been traumatized. Our, our businesses have been destroyed. Our families are devastated. Our churches are being shuttered and litigated against, and prisoners are being released. What's enough? When, when does Romans 13 kick in? Thank God for Pastor John MacArthur. He joined Jack Hibbs and I out here in California. We've been doing it. I, I look at Jack Hibbs and myself as the 101st Airborne in Bastogne, you know, the Battle of the Bulge, and we're surrounded. And then Patton yeah. comes in and, you know, breaks through the lines, and, and we, and the 101st, you know, contended that they never needed to be saved, uh, but they were thankful that Patton was there. And that's how I feel about Pastor John. I'm thrilled he's here, but we, we were willing to defend it no matter what. So, yeah, we're, we're pastors are waking up, but we need more. Well, I agree. I, I believe pastors are waking up, but there's still a lot, a lot that are just not willing to push, you know, push back. And if we don't push back, you know, I think the numbers are somewhere over 30 million People of professed faith, believers didn't vote in the last election. I, I think that, you know, if we don't get up off our butts and make sure that we make our voices count and heard, we, we may never have an opportunity to again. Yeah. I mean, they, they you know, if, if Biden was to get in, let me ask you this. Yeah. If Joe Biden, for some miraculous Hail Mary of a voter fraud, mail-in voter fraud chance was to win the election, what do you think would take place with him at the helm of the country? With AOC in there, with Bernie Sanders, with the Green New Deal, with Beto O'Rourke and his his you know gun confiscation program that he wants to to uh, enact, what do you think would happen in our country? 
Well, before I answer that, let me tell you why I believe personally that they are they want to keep the schools shuttered and they want to they want to litigate and close all churches. Where do you do where do you do polling when you when it's time for electing? Where do you go? You go to the school or the church for your polling place. They want they want mail in balloting in California. That's where fraud is rampant. And so they're trying to connect the dots. Yeah. And and if that wow. happens, if that happens, it's over. Now I know a number of pastors out there going, well, we're we're going to still apply Romans 13, even when it becomes socialist or even if it becomes fascist. Even you know, we'll meet in, in houses, we'll meet in catacombs, we'll meet in secret. All right. But but why would you allow your people to be enslaved? Christ has come to set the captives free. The, the apostle yeah. Paul said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ has set you free. He wrote that in prison in, 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 when he was writing to the church at Galatia. So we're contending for freedom. Freedom yeah. is intri- intrinsic in every human heart. The, the law is to be applied to preserve and protect people. And, and it's not so that we abdicate. We think the gospel is truncated and myopic, that it, it boils down to us raising our hand to attest to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that we're sinners saved by grace through faith. And that's great. I do it every Sunday. We just had an altar call this last Sunday. Hundreds came to Christ. Wow. But the question is, he didn't say make converts. He said make disciples. And those yeah. disciples are the salt of the earth, infusing this moral preservative to help us live. And, and when we apply restraints towards evil in order to pursue excellence, that's what, that's what even Harvard Law School says, that the law is the wise restraints that make men free. Freedom isn't, isn't being able to pursue destruction where, oh, I, I have a, an inclination to pedophilia and, and that's freedom for me. No, 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 not on my watch no. and not according to scripture. You're not going to do that yeah. to a child. It's not no. going to happen. It's not normal. So we apply restraints towards evil in order to pursue excellence. That's why a nation that represents 4% of the entirety of the world's population is responsible for the most inventions, copyrights, Nobel Peace Prize winners, symphonies recorded. You have skyscrapers all over the world because an American invented the elevator. You can build buildings in the middle of the desert because an American invented air conditioning. You can fly to those countries because an American invented the airplane. We're enjoying this right now because an American invented the internet. This is America. Freedom creates innovation. Mm. But it, it must come with morality. Only a moral people can govern a republic. And it's a bottom up government. And nobody gets in the way of that moral law of my relationship with God and my responsibility towards man. And, and that's, that's the greatest so government good. of all. So good. So, so many nuggets uh, of wisdom in this, Rob. Truly, truly a, a blessing. Now, now share with us, what do you think would take place if Joe Biden was to become president? <laughs> It'd be a mess. I, I, you know, my dad, before would this, passed, wouldn't need to stop, wouldn't need the lockdown stop. You know, I think they're also using the lockdowns to force uh, almost force socialism on everybody. They want to make people dependent on the government. And if they're not going to have businesses to, to open back up to, they're not going to have, you know, a company to go back to go to work for. It's it seems like a, a perfect transition to say, well, the government's just going to take care of you. And well, now that's now you got socialism. Six thousand years of recorded history. And every government on the face of the earth has been an oligarchy. The few rule the many. In this little plot of land for 244 years, 
we the people. This is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. And, and now they want to return us because power, like the Lord of the Rings, power wants to concentrate. And, and they want to lord it over us. And liberty yeah. requires vigilance. And if we surrender, and think about this, David. Our, our founders, the Continental Army fought, and, and Washington was in Valley Forge, 1776. Half of his troops were dying of dysentery. Another half could muster to go down to Trenton and turn the tide of the war. But he had to deal with this because there was a smallpox epidemic that the British soldiers, soldiers had already been immune to. And he knew that they had to immunize them and, and, and infect them. And he would lose three to 5% of his continental forces, but they chose to be infected in order to build immunity to fight for liberty. They didn't even wow. have it. They fought for the opportunity just to have it. They, they infected themselves just to fight for liberty. We have it and we're unwilling for a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate. We yield our liberty for our children and our grandchildren because we are completely inept to want to fight for their future. And, and wow. if Biden gets into office, they'll take it all. And, and at this point, we're willing to give it. We're just, we're handing it, we're handing their futures away. And that will happen with Biden. That will happen with every one of these folks that think that government is the answer. It's not. Government is not the solution to our problem. And the, the, the worst right. words you could ever hear I'm the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. Yeah. Those are not true words and haven't been. I'm thankful that I, I'm thankful that I believe we finally got a man in office right now that is uh, standing up for our individual rights, for our religious li uh, liberties, standing up for the lives of unborn babies, you know, putting a target on human trafficking. Just don't just uh, pledge thirty five million dollars to help fight that. Just trying to set a lot of uh, wrongs right with our uh, international trade deals with other countries is putting Americans first. I truly think that we need four more years of him and his administration. What do you think? You know, I've traveled the country and I've spoken to anywhere from 15 to 20,000 pastors doing a thing called the American Renewal Project. And I get this pushback all the time. I can't vote for a man that's been three times married and twice divorced as though he's mm -hmm. running for pastor in chief. And I say, hey, listen, that's fine. Just take Samson out of the hall of faith. And, and they're like, what do you mean? I go, well, he's in, he's in Hebrews 11, Hall of Faith. And I said, read the story in Judges and name one moral thing about Samson's life. This is a guy who was in a prostitute's bed all night and the spirit of the Lord comes upon him. Try teaching that in Sunday school. <laughs> but, but why would God pick a guy like Samson? Judges 14.4 said, what Samson's parents didn't realize is God was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. Now, let me explain. I'm not a dominionist. And when I use this illustration, I use it from a psychological perspective, not theological. So for all those theologians out there going to go, oh, see, he's a he's a dominionist back up. There is a there's a and I got this from a secular author who didn't even see a, a spiritual ramification to it. But there are whether you like it or not, there are seven mountains of cultural influence in, a, in any culture, arts and yeah. entertainment, media, business, politics, religion, education and family. And each of those has a currency. And I'll explain what I mean. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. If salt loses its flavor, it's thrown out, trampled underfoot, and good for nothing. Mm -hmm. Anyone hearing that sermon understood the word salt is for what the Romans, every Roman soldier understood it, sol. That's the Latin. And that's where we get the word salary. You're worth your weight in salt, salary. So Jesus mm -hmm. was saying, if you don't know the, the currency or the salary, 
of these mountains of cultural influence, you'll, you'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So mm. my point is, in, in the cultural mountain of influence of politics, there's, there's one currency. It's called winning elections. If you can't win elections, and I know this, I'm, I'm three for four in elections. I'm batting 750. I'm, I, I can play in the major leagues. Pretty good. I'm not Crazy. bragging. It's the truth. <laughs> so, so that's that currency in arts and entertainment. It's, it's, it's how many tickets you can sell in media. It's how many followers you have. Let's look mm-hmm. at president Trump arts and entertainment. Number one television show in America media. His Twitter account is unreal politics. He took out 16, 17 heavily funded Republican candidates and took out the most heavily funded Democrat candidate in the history of our nation. Family, three times married, twice divorced, but but his kids love him and his ex-wives have a good relationship with him. And they're all successful in their own right. Here's a good one. Business, Trump brand, world renowned. He understands these mountains and is contending for the American people. Wow. And, 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 and the pulpits of America go, well, but he's so caustic. I'll leave you with this last thought. April 14th, 1865. President Abraham Lincoln is late coming to the play at at Ford's Theater, my American cousin. He's with his wife. Sherman has made it down to Atlanta. The Civil War is coming to a rapid close. The North is going to win. He goes for some R&R with his wife. He gets there late. John Wilkes Booth is approaching the back of his head with a Derringer. and, And these were his final words. And this is confirmed by the curator of the Lincoln Library and by Mary Todd Lincoln herself. He leans into his wife and he says, when this is all over, meaning the Civil War. He says, I so long to walk with you in the footsteps of our Savior in the streets of Jerusalem. Hmm. Bang. And what he was saying to his wife before he was killed, he said, basically, look, this backwoods Kentucky boy who had never had a formal education had been drinking from the streams of liberty his entire life and longed to come to its source. And at that moment, he got shot. Now, he had never professed public faith in Christ. He He was never a member of a church and was never baptized that we know of. But you look at his first and second inaugural address, it's inundated with scripture. His Bible was dog-eared. Elizabeth Keckley, who worked in the White House, would always see in reading his Bible. This was a man who had a profound faith and understood liberty was from God and contended. 650,000 people died on a field of battle to remove this scourge of slavery upon the land. And he got a bullet to the back of his head. And you know what the pulpits of America did on April 15th, the next day when he died? What? You know what their sermons were? He died on Good Friday, and the sermons across the nation were, they were ashamed that the president died in a theater on Good Friday. Are you kidding me? Wow. This man is contending for liberty, and all they can say is, that's called moral pietism. You're elevating yourself and, and trying to look better than someone else when they're out there in the arena getting bloodied and assassinated. Wow. Pastors, wake up. Yes. Rob, amazing. I'm uh, going to be praying for you, brother. Going to see you uh, very soon. Definitely, definitely going to want to stay attuned to what is taking place. I hope everybody out there connects with you, follow your, share with everybody where they can go find you to support you online on uh, social media. I will if I can tell you one thing. You're my hero. I appreciate you, David. <laughs> you're and, my and- hero, brother. You're you're definitely one of my heroes. I love hearing you talk about the the Constitution, the Declaration, and what we should you know hold dear and do. And you're an action. You're you're an action. You know you put those you know you put those uh, into practice. 
So uh, I, I appreciate you and love you so much, brother. You're in the book of who's who. I'm in the book of who's here. Who's he? Uh, here, no, here's my Instagram. Here, here, amen. Here, we're here, all here, in that book. Here's my Instagram. Rob underscore McCoy underscore. And it's the same one on Twitter. And I do my best to respond to all you guys. And uh, thank you, David. God bless you, brother. You are amazing. Absolutely. My, my pleasure. And your church's website, how can they connect with your church? Godspeak.com. Godspeak.com. And you've got those services on YouTube as well. So on YouTube, is it Godspeak? Yeah, Godspeak.com. The live stream's on there. We've got a 9 and 11 that we live stream. And then our 1 p.m. is a closed, closed service. And we've gone from 400 people to over 1,400 in wow. three weeks. People are hungry. They, they want God. Yes. People are hungry. Brother, I'm glad that you are in this fight with all of us. It is truly an honor. I'm uh, going to keep you in prayer. You're praying for your church. And I hope all of my viewers and listeners uh, check you out. Rob underscore McCoy, uh, just like it sounds, M-C-C-O-Y underscore at the end. And, yeah. What's that? I said, yeah, Rob underscore McCoy underscore. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so God bless you, brother. We will talk soon. I want to stay apprised of what's happening. Okay. Aye, aye, Skipper. Bless you. All right. Bless you too. Thank you so much. Friends, we've all got to wake up. This is an episode that you better share. You really need to share it, whether you understand that your uh, freedoms, that your religious liberties, or just your first and second and third, all your amendment, all your rights are under attack right now. And they can do this to pastors and churches and areas where there is no threat. Literally one one hundredth of a, a one one hundredth of a percent is the mortality rate there in the area, and they are just continuing to initiate these lockdown orders. It is nothing that no one should stand for. We need all pastors and believers to stand up for your God-given rights and do it right now. So please share this message. Don't forget to go to MyPillow.com. Use the code David. You'll save up to 60% on whatever you get there. You'll be supporting my good friend, Mike Lindell, and also my broadcast. So use the code David at MyPillow.com. God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 